Maximum bureaucracy's basement to your ears in compliance with memo, memo Hicks 1063. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On this meeting, we have councillor stuff, city stuff, big hole in the ground stuff, and possibly more. This meeting is now in session. This is not a dream. This is not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from the year 2020. You are receiving this broadcast in order to alter the events you are hearing. Our technology has not developed a transmitter strong enough to reach your conscious state of awareness. But this is not a dream. You are hearing what is actually occurring for the purpose of causality violation. Hey, Aiden? Mm. Uh, wake up. You what? seem to have nodded off there um, for a second. Are you uh, okay? Yeah. Um, I, I was just having the strangest dream. Really? Yep. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I don't. I don't want to hear about it. Oh. Because I want to have a meeting. Can you please uh, attendance? All right, attendance. Okay. I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to wake up. It was just. I, I was. I was like in my high school, but it wasn't my high. Anyway, you. You. you know. <laughs> I really don't want to. Yeah. Know. Uh, okay. So first off on the agenda, attendance. Uh, first attendee is Hewland Peace. Uh, no one is claiming Hewland, that name. Hewland. Peace. Hewland. Oh, yeah. Hewland. Hewland Peace. No. He was a pre-war uh, British author, um, and he tried to start an orange juice uh, plantation in uh, Scotland. Turned hmm. out to be like a front for like a uh, a like a fascist quasi-military organization called the uh, the Orange Boots. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. Um, that sounds. Uh, I and we are having um, him on the show. Uh, oh, sorry. You know, I, I think I've made a mistake here. I, I messed up the letters. Um, Paul Deschamps. That's me. Oh, all yeah. right then. Okay. Uh, so you're here. I am. And we've got uh, Mog and Iron. No? Mog. Did you say Mog? Mog. Mog. M-A-A-G. No. Uh, he, uh, he's known, he tried to dig uh, a moat between uh, Norway and Sweden. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Was he successful? Apparently so. Oh, but excellent. But it, not for very long. Right. Yeah, there are some... There's just somebody, people are filling it in behind him. Oh, shoot. Yeah, nobody told him. Uh, anyway, um, I, I don't see him here. Yeah, I don't either. I don't see how that would help us. Um, you know something? Uh, it's a little awkward. I think I've I've, mis I've mixed up the letters again. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, sorry. Just, hold on. So we've got Aiden Morgan. That's you. And you're present. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, and we have another attendee as Councillor Bob Hawkins. I th hey, that's it. Oh, good. <laughs> Hello, oh, Councillor Hawkins. I got all the letters in the right order. That's excellent. <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> I know. It's first for me. It's great to have you here. Thank you for asking me in. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I just, things were happening on the board. Um, we wanted to talk to you today because downtown... There is this gigantic hole in our downtown, and it's been sitting there for many, many years. Uh, there's supposed to be something built on it, a Capitol Point. And uh, I understand that you, at the 
called on administration to uh, get some information about like what's going on with that hole and why can't we get the people who are building Capital Point to build Capital Point? Um, what uh, can you give us a summary of why is the city so hamstrung and incapable incapable of getting this to happen? Well, part of the problem is uh, the city doesn't own the land, right? And part of the problem is is that the city's powers over land and the development of land aren't very great. In fact, it's really the province that has the control over the development, restoration, rehabilitation of land. But the city has some residual powers under under the appropriate act for safety, especially safety, health, well-being of citizens. And uh, the concern with the whole, which has been there now, I think, for four or five years, but the project started in 2010, is uh, it's unsightly. Uh, it uh, it's an embarrassment to the city but the real question is is it safe and the city in response to my questions and the questions of council has told us a couple of things first of all they when they reissued the building permit in september 15th last uh due to expire soon march 15th uh they said we're monitoring on an ongoing basis the safety of the site and indeed, uh, at one point, I believe in December, they required that uh, certain work be done and was done to maintain the site as being safe. That said, um, it's a problem. It's a problem for the city. And what we, I've said and others have said to the city is there is a March 15th deadline date for the expiry of this building permit. And in order for the building permit, uh, the city has the option of expiring the building permit uh, if there's no meaningful construction with respect to uh, uh, foundation work, uh, site servicing, and in fact also with respect to excavation, which is not complete. And um, so what the first thing we've said is we're waiting anxiously for that date because it's, you know, minus 15 and minus 20 tonight. It doesn't look to me like there'll be much excavating and foundation pouring in the next uh, six weeks. We've said, though, as well, uh, at that moment, March 15th, you have an option, and you'll have to decide whether or not to do, to exercise that option. And there may be reasons not to exercise the option, uh, but if you don't exercise the option, we want a concrete plan to deal with this problem. And so what I expect from the city on March 15th is an answer as to whether or not the permit will be expired. And if the permit is to be renewed, I also expect a concrete short-term action plan to deal with what is a substantial problem. Um, do, you have a, do you have an idea of what you want to see an action plan like that looking like? I, I, think, I think it would look... There'd be only really two options. Either it would have to... Uh, be some kind of assurance that there was meaningful construction going to take place. That's one solution. Or if there's not going to be meaningful construction take place, and there'll be some time period for figuring that out, but it won't be long, yeah. uh, then uh, then the land will have to be restored, and uh, there'd have to be some plan for the restoration of that land by the property owner. Um, and then there'd have to be some plan for what happens if that doesn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> really there are several options here, but I'm, I'm waiting to find out what, uh, what can be done. At the, I, I'm satisfied that, uh, the city's powers to make sure that the 
site is safe or meaningful. I'm concerned. Uh, people who are experts in the field, and I'm certainly not, say it's safe, but I think anybody uh, using their common sense would say, look, we've got two major roads, Victoria and Albert, that are dis- disrupted here. They've built a wooden tunnel so pedestrians can cross through, but the pedestrian access in the intersection is much more limited. Uh, we're down a, a traffic lane on uh, Albert Street. I'm concerned about all those things. I don't know that I'm satisfied as just an ordinary person that, that it's very safer, shouldn't be safer. I'm also worried about the buildings around uh, mm-hmm. Capitol Point, the Briggs Cleaners. There's an office tower uh, to the east. Um, now, uh, there is monitoring to make sure it's safe, but I do not think that's a situation that continue with any degree of comfort indefinitely. So I'm looking forward now over the next few months uh, to seeing action of one kind or another to put an end to this. Right. Um, with, with the... On the question of safety, um, I, I contacted City Hall today and just at, uh, my upstairs and asked them about uh, how they assess safety and um, if they are strictly focused on public safety, safety of the people who are walking by. And the answer that I got back um, was that the role of the city is to ensure public safety by ad- uh, requiring adherence to building standards and regulations. Um, developers are responsible for their project and must ensure they meet all regulatory requirements. Um, long and short of it is that my impression from the response was that uh, the city's job is to monitor to make sure that the public and the surrounding properties are safe. But worker safety doesn't seem to be something. That seems to be just in the hands of the developer. Um, the site itself has been kind of languishing and unmaintained for a, like there's been very little activity there. Do you have any concerns about when people eventually do have to go down in there and do some work uh, that it's uh, that it might not be the greatest place for humans to be hanging out? It, it may not be. Um, the responsibility for worker safety rests with the province, and the province is vigorous about enforcing it. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to be flippant here, but there's sure. not many workers around there right now. Sure. Very few, in fact. But uh, uh, it's the responsibility of the province. I'm sure the unions to which, whom the workers belong are paying attention to that. I'm worried about it. Uh, that, is, but there's another kind of safety too. It's all got fences, um, fences surrounding the property. I'm worried about uh, you know a couple of kids that aren't decide to do something. Uh, unusual going over the fence to see what they can find. I mean, I, I just don't think it's a very desirable situation for the public, for the workers, for anybody actually to have that situation go on indefinitely. Yeah. The um, the response typically is that the city is kind of, it, it's required to grant building permits to developers so that they can develop their land. Um, this isn't the first time the Capital Point has let a building permit expire. It's not the first time that they've promised to get work done by a certain date. Um, and these promises have always turned out to be um, hollow. Uh, what is the point of these city permits if the city is always compelled to grant them when they're demanded from a developer? It comes back to the power that the city has under the appropriate act, and the power is limited. One, it can monitor safety, and it can require compliance. Uh, It can enforce safety regulations and safety uh, conditions. Uh, So that's that's significant. 
Um, but the city has very limited powers in terms of uh, requiring timelines for um, for projects to be completed. Now, I think I think you're correct that we've been around this mulberry bush two or three times at least, if not more. And it's frustrating to hear the developer make continuous promises and then not keep them. Um, and that's why uh, I've said others uh, March fifteenth is a is an important date. We just cannot go on automatically renewing uh, these kinds of permits without some kind of plan in place. And uh, uh, that the, the lever the city has is to make sure that the uh, the site meets all safety uh, safety. Uh, uh, standards. There are other levers the city has. The city um, uh, gives permission to alter the traffic flow on Albert Street and right. the pedestrian traffic flow. It, it renews that monthly. I think there's an issue as to how long it goes on doing that. Um, there's also uh, uh, a concern or, or, or the city collects taxes, uh, property taxes on that site. I don't know where that stands. but So there are things the city can do, but the point is here, the city has been patient. It's waited a long time. March 15th is coming up. Either something has to happen and the building permit's not renewed, or the city has to have some plan for how we're going to get things moving on that site or how we're going to get the site uh, rehabilitated. Yeah. You're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Could we could we like jack up the property tax? Or like could we like set up a new property tax classification for giant pits, and <laughs> make the property tax on a giant pit to be like you know a hundred times what it is for an undeveloped lot? Uh, that might be a colorable attempt to uh, to enforce uh, building bylaws that we don't have power to enforce. Yeah. It's tempting. Maybe we could ask them to build a swimming pool there. Oh, the city could use more outdoor swimming pools. I'd be down for that. I actually brought a prop. Tonight, um, I have it's radio. I'm sorry, but uh, I went to the big launch for Capital Point back in 2010. You're that old, are you? I am that old, <laughs> and I thought you might like to take a look at this. I'd, I'd let you have it, except this might be the only one left in the city. <laughs> and these are um, the promotional pictures of what Capital Point is going to look like. I love that its slogan is "This is what Regina is looking up to." It's a, I mean, it's a fabulous-looking project. It, just it hasn't is. happened. Yeah. Yes, and you it's know, great CGI. And, and and you know, it's gone through. I understand it's gone through different developers, and uh, I understand that in fact the title of the property is encumbered by many liens. So yeah. there mm-hmm. there are challenges here. Yeah, this uh, this pay sheet for the condos. The condos range from one hundred ninety-nine nine to six hundred thirty-four nine hundred. And this was back in 2010, and the estimated uh, occupancy was December of 2012. Yeah, they missed that date. A little bit. A little bit. By a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We're talking with Councillor Bob Hawkins. Um, you know what we should do? We should prank them and just build overnight a replica of the old Plains Hotel. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Just, 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 just maybe a shell of just give yeah. people a bit of a shock. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad because there was there was like a song written about the Plains Hotel about Good Time Charlie. There was a documentary. A documentary. Karaoke at the Plains. There was all of this, you know, good feeling for that uh, that place when it was, you know, when everybody knew it was going to come down. If they had just kept it around, they could have had like, you know. A few more years of beer sales, at least. <laughs> it, it was a lot more vibrant use of the property than yeah, is no being kidding. used tonight. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. 
Yeah. Do you, so um, that'll be coming up in March. And you're are you are, do you have a, do you have a plan in mind? Do you have like do you have like a a folder with a wax seal on it that you'll break open when it's my plan is to keep my eyes on this, to keep raising it. Sure. And my plan on March 15th is to say to the city administration, I'm sure they'll do this, what are you doing? Today's March 15th, and uh, uh, if you're renewing this, what's the plan in case this goes wrong again? Because this cannot keep continuing every six months. Uh, we look foolish, and there's no reason for this to continue like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we not have any leverage in that? Um, Fortress has a very, very bad reputation uh, for doing things like this, coming onto a project and never really bringing the project to completion and financing it with um, these, these, these uh, sorry, what are they called? They're a special kind of mortgage, a syndicated mortgage. And they collect the money, they build a few smaller projects, and then places like here in Winnipeg, we're left with holes in the ground. Can we sue? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on Fortress on this, but I am going to comment on uh, the need for the city to have the power to control the timelines of property development and to deal with developments that look as if they're abandoned. abandoned. Right now, that power rests with the province. Part of the plan surely must be for the city to say to the province, we would like this fixed. Either we want the powers to fix it or you have to fix it so that we're not entirely alone in this. Um, and I think that I know that the act is being re looked at in 2018, and I think that whatever comes out of this, uh, this is a very strong argument for giving the city more power to uh, to control the development of property in the city. You know, sometimes it's said the province doesn't want to do that because it doesn't want municipalities to discourage development. But in fact, that's not the problem here. The problem is we want to encourage <laughs> development. We're not the people discouraging it. But we need, I think, the proper powers to make sure that when uh, building permits, development uh, permits are granted, that we can see those through. Powers like, can we require a safety deposit uh, to be put down? Hmm. Powers like, can we enforce a timeline? Uh, there are things that can be done uh, to solve this problem. So it's not just a problem of Capital Point. It's a bigger problem as well of what we can do to make sure this doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. uh, you just mentioned that the act so when is, is being looked at again in 2018. Yes. So this is the city's act is going to be... Uh, it's, it's not the city's act. It's called the Uniform Building oh, Standards sure. Act or, or some name like that. Right. And that's the act that's going to be looked at in 2018. Do you think... I want to talk about the budget in a sec. Um, the... The Cities Act, there's a lot of things limiting the city because yes. through the Act. Yes. This is one of them, the, yes. the inability to do anything about Capital Point. There's also the issue of taxation and yes. fees and the uh, the freedom that the city has, or the actual the lack of freedom that we have to levy fees and raise to generate revenue and the ways that we can do it. Do, uh, do you think that it's time, like we've we've torn up our old OCP, our old official community plan, we've got a new one. Is it time to tear up the old Cities Act and maybe sort of re renegotiate a deal for Regina and Saskatoon? It, it, it certainly is time for the province to come seriously to the table and talk to the cities. And I'm talking here about the large metropolitan areas 
about how the cities can be given tools to develop the cities as proper urban areas. We don't have the we don't have sufficient tools. We uh, have ve- we only have two sources of revenue really. One is property tax, which accounts for fifty three percent of what we get, and the other is uh, the provincial grants. And we've seen what's happened to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no alternate sources of revenue. Uh, we need some more flexibility on the uh, flexibility on the ability to raise revenue. Uh, we need to look at the d- distribution of revenue between uh, urban areas and rural areas. It certainly is time for a coherent urban policy uh, in this province. Yeah. So coming out of that, the city has a draft budget out. Yes. 4.86% uh, property tax increase. How are you feeling about that? Uh, it's This is the administration proposal to the... Uh, to the uh, council, council is there's a month now where public feedback can come back to us, and then at the end of February we'll debate this. How am I feeling? I'm looking forward. I've heard some public feedback. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more. I take it seriously. Uh, generally speaking, I'm very pleased that the administration. Uh, was able to find 9% savings through efficiencies, basically. Yeah. I'm very pleased that the administration is proposing no service cuts um, uh, in their budget. Uh, I'm, I, I hope that we can find a little bit of savings off the 4.86. Uh, I know that it's not easy for people, especially people with lower incomes, elderly people, people trying to stay in their homes, these, these increases. So I'm hoping to find a few more savings. But basically, basically, the administration did a good job under difficult circumstances here. Of the 4.86, I want to mention this figure, 2.99% of it, 3% of it, nearly three-quarters of mm. it, is due to the provincial cuts. Uh, we used to get money for collecting education tax. Now we do it for the province for free. Uh, we lost grants in lieu, which really means that the big provincial utilities in the city don't pay property tax. They get the roads uh, for free. They're policing for free. So we, we've had very serious provincial cuts, and uh, and our administration has responded admirably in finding real savings within the city. That said... Uh, uh, we're going to have to deal with a um, with a property tax increase. Yeah, the um, I, I have to admit I expected the property tax increase to be a lot larger. As did I. Yeah. Yeah. Four point eight six percent, especially after it was what six point seven, six point four nine, I think. Right. Last, in last two year. budgets. Eh? Two budgets. In one year. year, we had two budgets. Started out at three point nine nine, and then my recollection is that the second budget was two point five. Yeah. And one of the reasons there's still increases this year is that. Um, that was only those provincial grant cuts were only for part of a year they came midway in the year this year we've annualized we have to pay for it annually on an annualized basis also we pay t- more pst now than we did yeah. also our grant revenue from the uh, general grant we get the one percent each year uh, of pst that uh, we get uh has is, there's a two-year lag on it, and in fact, uh, sales went down two years ago. So there was a cut to us there, and the new premier told us at SUMA that uh, he was freezing that for two years until after the provincial election. So we, as an urban municipality, are providing critically important services to our citizens. Uh, there's infrastructure renewal, there's policing, uh, uh, there's water main breaks, there's snow removal, roads. Those are just critical services to people, and 
we're doing the very best we can with the resources we have to provide them. And indeed, I'd make a very strong case that the municipal level of government was the most efficient level of government in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, were you at the SUMA yes. last yes, week? Yes, I was. Yeah, I thought I saw your picture in the paper, actually. Um, you saw Scott Moe's speech? Yes, I did. Do you think we're going to have a second budget this year after we do our first municipal budget? Are we going to have another so tight provincial budget that... Uh, we have to do it all over again? What a good question. Um, I think I can only answer that by saying I hope we don't have a second budget <laughs> again. It, uh, it's a grinding, uh, hard thing to have to say to our residents uh, that, look, we've got to come back. So I hope we don't. I'm worried about this because uh, the Premier also said that he wanted to balance the provincial budget in two years. Um, he's given back lots of the cuts to lots of the organizations, but not to municipalities. And he, and this is a good thing, he's told uh, education that they're getting $7 million uh, of the $30 million that he's promised. I'm starting to worry about where the money is coming from. Yeah. How's he going to balance his budget? And where, why are municipalities at the end of the line? Right. Maybe they should start selling condos. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I remember there was, uh, Councillor O'Donnell was talking about going to, like, budgets every four years, and now it seems like we're going to have to go to, like, two to four budgets every year, so. Uh, we do, we do a, a rotating multi-year budget for capital projects. Yeah. It enables us to increase our planning horizon. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in favor of doing those kinds of budget for operational budgets because I think one of the primary reasons we're elected is every year to look at the city's books. I think taxpayers expect that of us. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. It's been mm-hmm. great to talk with you. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that was. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll be looking forward to your press conference on March fifteenth. <laughs> I'm hoping for good news. Yeah. I. Um, so you're looking forward to the Ides of March, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Sir. Yeah. Well, no, I'm. You know, I've got money in the pool. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I expect to win big on March 15th. So. Uh, I'm interested in the fellow that wanted to build the moat between Norway and Sweden. Maybe, maybe he'll be in one day. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. All right, so we have to move on with our agenda to Innovative Revenue Tools. Right. And this one was suggested, actually, by uh, a listener, Jason Fedorchuk. Okay. And uh, what he suggested is that there's something that we can do with the Capital Point site that nobody has considered. We can turn it into a raven habitat. Nice. Currently, there we have like this massive flock, this conspiracy of ravens, living on City Hall, just you know half a block from the Capitol Point site. We could build build a raven zoo into that pit that people could walk into. They could pay a nominal fee to go in and see the ravens, the ravens of Regina, and we can collect that as revenue for the city. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps you could show a Hitchcock movie in the Capitol Point presentation <laughs> office and charge a <laughs> That's not bad. Actually, you know, no, there's that great. giant blank wall on the building next to it. Exactly. We could project, we could project the birds yeah. in the evening. Yeah. Okay, if that doesn't catch on, though, we have a few more ideas that we're going to look at now. Let's hear them. This is not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from the year 2020. You are receiving this broadcast 
in order to alter the events you are hearing. In the year 2018, administration grants Forces another development permit for Capitol Point. This must not happen. Work begins 18 months later, and soon construction of Capitol Point takes off like a cancer. Construction has expanded far beyond the original site, with new condominiums appearing every day. Authorities have attempted to contain the growth, but all operatives have been lost within the condo propagation zone. Projected Capital Point expansion is estimated to be infinite. Capital Point is growing like a cancer. It cannot be contained. You are hearing what is actually occurring for the purpose of causality violation. This is not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from the year 2020. You are receiving this broadcast in order to alter the events you are hearing. But this is not a dream. Our technology has not... Hey, Paul. What you got there? Uh, Aiden. <laughs> oh, this, this, this is awkward. What are you doing? I'm trying to commit a causality violation. Look, I'm, I'm really busy. Sweet. Is this some kind of like temporal transmission dish? Seriously, don't touch that. It's delicate equipment. You know, you could send radio signals literally back in time with this. Like, are you up to something? I'm, I'm trying to warn the past about what's happening with Capital Point. Cool. But wait a minute, don't you need some kind of receiver on the other end? And that technology hadn't even, like... I, I have a receiver. Now, can I just get back to work, please? You need, like, some kind of, like, highly complex bioelectric system. Are you broadcasting... You're not broadcasting into somebody's dreams, are you? Because that would be super dangerous. It's that or capital point construction spreads to infinity. You know, if your signal strength is off by a micron, you could kill somebody. Whose brain are you transmitting into? Paul? Whose brain? Y your brain. Uh, what? Y your brain. Look, it had to be someone with an administration close enough to the site of the condominium metastasis and it needed to be someone with really idle brainwaves. <laughs> I mean, really idle brainwaves. And that left only two choices, you or me, and I'm working the transmitter, so it had to be you. You, you, aren't, you aren't working the transmitter in the past. It hadn't even been like invented then. Don't throw the arrow of time in my face. Now let me get back to work. G give me that thing. Oh, Aiden, Aiden, this, this is not a dream. This is Aiden, and... No matter what happens, don't go to Avatar 2. James Cameron has completely lost the script. You regret it. Green Lantern Corps, surprisingly watchable, but Avatar 2 is a turd. Save yourself the 17 Bitcoin and torrent it later. Hey, Aiden. Mm, yeah. Aiden, what? wake up. What? Yeah, Aiden. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, you seem to nod off again in the middle of the meeting. What's going yeah, on? I don't know. I'm just it's I sleep. I like I'm having the weird dreams again. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Well, 
we still have a meeting to do. Yeah. I, like, I know you've um, been sick for a while, so. Yeah, uh, so anyway, so, like, we, uh, I don't know if we got a City Hall fact, but uh, I do have a Canton de Jong fact. Do you? Let's hear it. Yeah, um, he's, he's the one behind it all. He's behind all of what? All of it. He's the one who's doing it. All of the things. Yes. Really? He's the Canton. one. Yes. No wonder he knows the history so well. Exactly. Huh. That's all I'm permitted to say. Oh. Okay. Um, here, you might need this. Um, okay. Uh, what are we going to talk about with the rest of our meeting? Oh, I've been, uh, I've been watching Netflix again. Yeah, I've, I've told you about the dangers of watching Netflix. Yes, you have, but you I get, continue. You get looking disease from looking at things too much. Oh, yeah? Yep. Well, I have been watching Netflix, and uh, there is a new show on the Netflix. Uh-huh. It's called Altered Carbon. Altered Cabron? Cabron, yep. <laughs> okay. Altered uh, Carbon? Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's set in the future, and it's it takes place in a city in the future. Hmm. And it got me to thinking. So here it is, this cyberpunk story uh, about uh, people whose brains can shift from <coughs> sleeve to sleeve, other bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it occurred to me that uh, last council meeting, uh, Councillor um, O'Donnell uh, passed a motion to get administration to examine the impacts to urban planning from uh, autonomous cars and electric vehicles, saying we've got to get in front of this. Or else, you know, when the future comes, right. we're not going to be ready as a municipality. I can't wait to see the future. Yeah, well, it occurred to me that they are simply not thinking on a long enough timeline. Do tell. Well, you watch Altered Carbon and, uh, well, flying cars are the least of their worries. Electric vehicles, psh, they've got that sorted. Right. But what they haven't got sorted yet is, um, you know, what do you do with uh, hotels? Artificial intelligence hotels, Aiden. I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do with them. I mean, you could uh, uh, book in for for a stay. You can book in for a stay. And you could, you, could save some, you could save a bit of money on human resources. If that is if the AI doesn't take up, like, massive electrical power. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far, look, in the series, uh, the the AI hotel Poe is my favorite character. And uh, so that's what got me thinking that this is something we don't even have zoning for this this kind of a use. We don't have zoning for artificial intelligent hotels. I don't think we do. Um, like, I don't think we I don't think we exclude it from municipal zoning. Right. But uh, it's certainly not something that we've really thought about. Um the uh, the other thing is, what do you do when uh, you have you like? How are we going to afford? Like right now, the the police budget is already a quarter of the municipal budget to a third of the municipal right. budget. Um, what happens when the police need flying cars? Um, my guess is that flying cars in the future will be uh, really cheap. Uh, you think they'll be uh, like a huge source of. Uh, Discovered maybe of upsidasium that allows the cars to fly, mm-hmm. like just just lift. This is my guess. I saw in another documentary about uh, a moose and a squirrel. Right. They find a mountain of upsidasium, and if we could locate that, yeah, and maybe like find it, haul it to Regina, yeah, then we'd be laughing. We would be. We would be. 
<laughs> We'd be laughing about other things as well, but yeah. particularly humorous would be the giant mountain of Upsidasium. You know, I can actually, I, I can imagine a really great spot to stick a mountain right in the middle of the city. Oh. Yeah. Do tell. Capital Park. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to turn it upside down and then it would fall. Like then it would move right. downward into it. Nice. Right. Well, it would kind of float above it, wouldn't it? Because it was Upsidasium, a mountain of it? Yeah, I mean, unless you turn it upside down, then it would fit, like, directly into the capital point hole. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, that's science. <laughs> is that's, <it>? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how science works, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and what about, uh, what do you, there, there's got to be, like, ramifications to this whole notion of people being to tran being able to transfer their consciousness from um body to body i mean if if you are in a body and you get a parking ticket in your flying car uh -huh. and then you uh needle cast yourself into another body um do you still have to pay the parking ticket that is a good question but you know what i'm thinking you, like flying cars why would you need them if you can just like move your consciousness like to work you could like just commute straight into like some random body. Maybe maybe you you know kill somebody on the street, put them in your office, yeah. And then every day you just needle cast into their body and you do your work and you needle cast back home. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. So never mind the flying cars. Right. This whole needle casting, though, my understanding is that it involves a whole lot of uh, bodies dying. Oh. Well, that's a little bit inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. That's another. That's another urban nightmare. I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> what do you do with all of these dead bodies? You put them in the capital point hole. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And then you, and you just put the the mountain of Upsidasium kind of on top. So you know. Yeah. Just so it's just kind of floating above there. Yeah. The um, currently the uh, cemeteries committee is one of the least uh, popular committees. I think it only meets like once every year or so. Um, if you've got that many like dead bodies and you have to like figure out how to deal with them, that would become a pretty popular. Yeah, pretty popular committee. Everybody I don't think so. Lots of people will be on it. They'll be meeting every week. Mm -hmm. It'd be a lively debate. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also wonder about this whole notion of having like artificial intelligence hotels. Um like it seems like a tremendous waste of an artificial intelligence to just have them you know being your servant in a hotel um why not an artificial intelligence city council oh i'd love that yeah yeah i mean that you could they could always be working constantly yeah i mean yeah. just doing nothing but city council stuff right because there could be like an eternal meeting and then you could just go in when you're you could needle cast in you could kill yourself. <laughs> when the meeting has gone too long, you can just kill yourself and needle cast out of there. Wow. When I'm at council meetings, sometimes that is definitely what I want to be doing. <laughs> I would rather kill myself and needle cast out of here than carry on with this meeting. Fair enough. Yeah. And Councillor Hawkins was actually just mentioning on his way out of the sub basement that uh, there are going to be three council meetings at the end of this month. Oh, that's in a row. Yeah, three opportunities to to off yourself and <laughs> and leave. <laughs> yeah, so there will be the regular meeting at the uh, the Monday, and then there will be two budget meetings after that. I think they'd probably have some ordinance around that at some point, just to say, please, people, no food or drink, mm -hmm. and uh, no no sort of like sort of suicides as you as your soul <laughs> like runs away from your body into another one. <laughs> Yeah. 
Because that's, I mean, what I mean, are they going to have to like do all the work of hauling the body out of council, taking it all the way over to Capitol Point, and throwing, throwing it, it in? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing that the hole is so close to City Hall. Then I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where else uh, have you have you seen anything else with altered carbon that you think that we need to like get count get city administration thinking about. Well, um, I, yeah, I, I too. I, this is a secret which I have not revealed to you until now, but I have risked the looking at things disease, which I mentioned earlier, and I have yeah. too have watched Altered Carbon. Uh, I think one thing we're going to have to worry about, uh, if that future comes to pass, is uh, rich people living on clouds or something. Oh, they really? Appear, they appear to be living on clouds. That's that's why the cops went up there in the flying cars because they right. had to like break through the lower atmosphere, which is perpetually rainy because yeah. the future is always drizzly as we know right. uh yeah so we have to like change zoning laws and taxes for like cloud-based houses so we're gonna have to have three-dimensional zoning laws exactly that seems like an awful lot of work because we've been the administration has been working on their zoning bylaw for i think about three years now and they're yeah. still not done and it doesn't look like it's going to be done for at least another two so if we have to like add an extra whole dimension My God. to the zoning. Everything will be so thick and clunky, too. Yeah. Yeah. So do the houses actually, like, float above the clouds, or are they tethered to the ground? They must be tethered. I'll be honest, I did not quite... I, I know, I think they floated, because there's, there's a... Uh, there, there's a... There's a... Uh, a brothel of right. sorts yeah. in, uh, in, in, the, in the show... And it's it's called Head in the Clouds, and basically it uh, just floats up there. Right. It seems like in the future, upsidasium is widely used. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just thinking, and this is a really, this is like some esoteric city knowledge that I'm going to try and torture into a joke here. <laughs> um, in the current downtown neighborhood plan, <laughs> if you want to build a building... Um, you there's a limit on how tall you can build your building, right? Because um, the the impact on the underground infrastructure increases the taller your building is, the more people that you have in that space, the density of the building, the taller it is, the the harder it is on the city. Um, but if you put, and this is the language in the um, in the plan, if the developer uh, puts certain public amenities into their building they can get unlimited density on the site. And I'm thinking that is a bad bit of wording because when we've got like carbon nanotubes and upsidasium and we've got like buildings in the clouds, if they're like tethered to the ground, they could have infinite density in like just like a little corner block in like the space of Capital Point. You're right. And uh, the the mess that that would be for our sewer system. <laughs> If we had an extra Regina shooting straight up from the Capitol Point side, that would that would be a problem. That would really mess with our with our pipes. I think I think instead of pipes, then we'd have to have a series of cannons like ringing <laughs> these places. That would actually sort of take care of everything by shooting it far, far away. Right. Like people in Moose Jaw would be cursing us <laughs> in the Capel Valley. Yeah, but you know their their fields would be so well fertilized. <laughs> it would be. And so with their heads. Yeah. They would not like that. You would think that at some point, though, that, like, the, the ground dwellers would, like, rise up against the, like, the cloud dwellers and shoot, turn the cannons, turn the shit, the, <laughs> the, the 
feces cannons on the on the, the cloud castles. There'd be a whole level of security around yeah. the cannons. So I think that's yeah, that, that's that'd probably, be your public amenity right there. Exactly. Yeah, a turd then, cannon. <laughs> exactly, and then but there'd be people who are hired to guard them, and they would probably be ground dwellers. Yeah, and they would be despised. Yeah, look back on the ground for like getting this job. It would, it would be a whole thing. Yeah, that that's exactly how the ground economy would work. Okay, based around protecting rich people's uh, waste. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all like it is now. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, altered carbon. A lot. There's a lot to think about in altered carbon. True. You're looking tired. I am. I'm. I'm a little sleepy. Really? Just, yeah. Don't don't doze off there, Aiden. <laughs> okay. <coughs> this is not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. You're transmitting from the year 2020. You are receiving this broadcast in order to alter the events you are hearing. But this is not a dream. We are taking the transmitter into the Capital Point construction site to demonstrate the seriousness of condominium metastasis. Capital Point is a cancer. The construction permit must be stopped. We've reached the construction landing. We're entering the condominium propagation zone. This is not a dream. All other operatives have been lost in the areas of Capital Point Ascendance. None of our instruments can penetrate the liminal barrier. It is as though the, con the condominium propagation zone is beyond our cap capacity for rational comprehension. We are passing the point of main capitals Capital Point ingress and have penetrated the lobby. Corn's kind of nice here. Plants are fake. I like what they've done with the light fixtures and the wood accents. Hey, I wonder who their feng shui consultant is. <laughs> hey, look, something's written on the wall. There's writing on the wall in some kind of organic matter. It's pinkish gray and seems to pulsate. I can't identify the typeface. It resembles Bodoni, but there is something unwholesome and grasping about the serifs. It says Regina has a new. Capital. Uh, nothing ominous about that. You know, I think the elevators are down this way. Let's see where that leads us. Duh! Well, where are we? We've only moved a few feet, but the lobby's disappeared, and we've entered into what appears to be... Granite countertops, recessed lighting, tastefully at modern gas fireplace. I think, I think we're in a condominium. Is this a, is this a dream? This isn't a dream. We're using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. The living and dining room is surprisingly spacious. Are you interested in pre-purchasing? Ah! Who is that? I don't know. There's a woman here with us. This doesn't seem normal. I think she's made out of... mica? Welcome to Capital Point. It is what Regina is looking up to. History always makes way for the future. For years, the Plains Hotel has been visibly etched in the Regina cityscape. Now, from this popular location, a stunning new complex is taking shape. Who, who are you? Why are you here? Capital Point is designed to please. It's condominium living with hotel lifestyle. Our natural, timeless materials create an atmosphere of casual elegance, 
rich woods, granite, glass, all blend together beautifully to create a perfect free-flowing space. I don't think she understands you. I understand you are interested in pre-purchasing a unit in our beautiful residential landmark. Capital Point defines a new standard of luxury in Regina. I don't see an exit anywhere. Capital Point is part of Regina's vibrant downtown. The city is your doorstep. Shopping, restaurants, theaters, parks. Capital Point is at the center of your world. Investing in this bold modern style pays off in dividends of elegance. No, I think I'm a little skeptical of this pre-purchasing notion. Seven is in convection, and I'm counting two bathrooms. You are in the Regina D model. For just $626,000, this exclusive world of luxury and comfort can be yours as a home or an investment. You know, these prices, I'd expect, you know, a little more storage. Do not open that door! I, I just want to see what kind of closet space we're looking at. Don't! I think we just found the previous operatives. We must leverage their equity for our expansion. We don't have any equity. It is no matter. You will qualify for a syndicated mortgage. Expansion must be capitalized. Yeah. Didn't wake up. Yeah. yeah. You dozed oh. off again in the middle of the meeting. There is, I had this dream of like really awesome like fade out music. It was, it was great. The rest of the dream was kind of, I think I own a condo in the future now. Oh, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember I was in it and you were in it. Oh, really? And a girl made out of Formica was in it. Oh, this sounds really nice. Actually. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think, uh, I mean, I mean, these days, of course, my, I own property, which is like an old, an old style condo film built in 1913. But I think I'm ready to move up to some uh, vaporware condominium living in a hole. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, that sounds optimistic of you. <laughs> yeah, hope springs eternal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I was just, uh, I'd been talking about, um, well, more about the budget, really, and. Uh, uh, hmm. the, the capital, the capital plan. Oh, the capital, capital. Sorry, that just sounded really familiar. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, but yeah, the last item on the agenda is uh, marijuana. Again. You, again. I, so, I'm, yeah. I I think it's extremely strange how you know when we started doing these meetings uh, on the radio, uh, you know, for public outreach. I never really expected 
Well, it, it began with street names, and now it's marijuana. Is like the big issue of the day. Yeah. I never, I never really anticipated that. But apparently, City Hall at their executive committee meeting on Wednesday was discussing what to do when marijuana becomes legal this summer. And do we name our streets after marijuana? I would think. Like Cush Avenue, Cush Close. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Split Street. Split Street. <laughs> Tystick Terrace. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is that happened. That was the thing that happened where. Um, they they met on Wednesday, and basically the big thing is that the province is going to be issuing six licenses to marijuana facilities in the city to where they'll be able to sell. There'll be private businesses that can sell marijuana. Uh, Police Chief Evan Bray was there, and he was asked, so what do you think about these six licenses? And he was like, you know, we've got a whole bunch of dispensaries already that are super busy, more than six. And if we really limit the supply by only having six dispensaries in the city under this new system, we could see a continuation of the uh, the black market, which, you know, is kind of exactly the opposite of what um, you know was kind of was kind of hoped for and anticipated with the legalization of marijuana. Right. The idea was that you know to make it so it is not a crime, and then the criminal element will leave it, and all of the the violence and the badness that comes along with pot. But Not it sounds clearly. like it could actually create a larger market for illegal marijuana. It absolutely could. That would be that would be highly yeah. amusing. Well, it's it's funny because um, the conservative, uh, the Sask Party government, they're conservative. Um, the, the claim from conservatives is always that we are so good at the maths and we did the economics and right. we know what we're doing. But they've so they've got to know that artificially limiting supply necessarily leads to a black market always or astronomical prices which leads to a black market right yeah if, if you're going to charge absurd prices for for a handful of marijuana uh then already existing networks for the distribution of the drug right now can still supply it cheaper yeah in fact if uh, if if I weren't if I weren't a bureaucrat living in the sub basement of City Hall, I would I would be like just getting ready to like sell cheap <laughs> cheap bud on the streets because that would be uh, I I would be very amused by that whole thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, what I would be doing is I'm going to be I'm buying up uh, cheap tackies at oh. the uh, at the co-op, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be reselling them outside of those six <laughs> pot shops. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to make a fortune. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, I we ran out of time. I did actually want to corner Councillor Hawkins. Um, he apparently has uh, moral issues with, um, with the... Uh, with pot distribution, well, uh, just pot legalization in general. I, I believe I believe he regards it as a gateway drug. Yeah. And I have to say, he has a point. If you have people standing around in gateways doing drugs, I mean, it's hard to move traffic through. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Especially if they're saying, smoke this joint or you can't go through our gateway. It, precisely. And then... You next know, thing you know. Next thing you know, stoned drivers who had to... Take a joint to drive through the gateway. Yeah. And actually, what I was more worried about was people in the gateway, like those poor stone people in the gateway getting run over. Yeah. 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 Okay, um, that's it. That's uh, it? We've got a oh, call okay. for an adjournment, actually. It's, right. uh, we're running out it's of time. F- seemed like there was l- less time 
today in this meeting? You kept know. dozing off. I've right, been working here. Right, right. And you kept nodding off. Right, yeah. yeah. You kept mumbling something about well, um, about causality violations. Yes, apparently that's uh, that that will have not been a thing. Oh, okay, good. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to call for an adjournment. Okay. Uh, that I, I then would like to second that adjournment. All right. The meeting is closed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We uh, broadcast from 7 to 8 on Thursday nights and I rebroadcast from 9 to 10 on Monday mornings. Your hosts are, have been, and probably still will be, Paul DeShen and Aidan Morgan. Music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Our guests tonight were Councillor Bob Hawkins. Uh... Find us on Twitter at Queen City IB, on our website, queencityib.com, or on cgtr.ca. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes. Find us, rate us, review us, love us. We need this, etc. Coming up next is the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the cockpit, and then the melt. Keep on improving, Regina. Regina.